Ladies and gents, uh, thanks for joining us and welcome back to uh, Astro Screen and Engineers. Uh, I, I'm absolutely buzzing for this one. This is uh, this is a mission-driven company uh, who are doing something that is extremely prevalent in um, today's day and age. So Astro Screen have actually created, in effect, what's an early warning system for misinformation on social media using uh, machine learning. So we've got uh, Juan here, who's one of the co-founders, who is going to run us through AstroScreen, what they're doing, what they're building, and how the platform actually works and some of the details. So Juan, we're here. Uh, we've done 20 minutes pre this conversation anyway, so we're fueled. We're ready to rock, but do you want to give us an intro and say hello to her form? Certainly. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, we at AstroScreen are building an early warning system for misinformation. We're using state-of-the-art machine learning models to detect this misinformation to warn companies before this, this spreads. We've actually developed three products, which we will discuss through, through this podcast. The first one is this misinformation early warning system that uh, is for companies. The second is something called Moderate, which we, we built to prevent abuse and harassment in social media with uh, specifics on Twitter. And finally, we've developed Vaccinate, which uses, again, state-of-the-art machine learning models to detect anti-vaccine or vaccine hesitancy and to allow companies to, to reach these people who might be on the fence of vaccination and to allow us to prevent a little bit of this this big problem that we're facing as a society. We'll get to those three parts. For a moment, let's reel back and, and dive into some of what we were chatting about. What's your view, Astro Screen's view on what's been going on on social media over the last couple of days, over the last couple of days, over the last couple of years? I think social media is becoming less and less enjoyable for everyone involved. People are, are online all the time, but they are not happy about it. There's no more, like social media is just so much different from what it was. There's, there's misinformation everywhere. There's hatred and abuse. And it's just, it's just a minefield for, for everyone involved, especially for the people creating the content, which we all enjoy. We believe that the unfortunate truth is that moderation falls on the hands of the user? So all of this, all of this is going to be uh, difficult for a com for social media companies to address themselves, which is why we're we're trying to to build these things. As for as for misinformation, what we do is we consume a, a large amount of Twitter data, and we have many many different uh, models. Some of them some of them are like natural language processing. Some of them are less less uh, traditional machine learning. So we built something called um, the shared actions early warning system, which is if you find a group of users that are doing the same thing, regardless of what that thing is, if this group of users is large enough, you will definitely find some co coordination and some inauthentic activity there. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about that point that you made about social media companies and the accountability starts with the users. What, why do you think it hasn't been done so far or from your knowledge or the team's knowledge so far? 
So I, I would say that the main issue is that this goes against social media's bottom line, which is yep. active users, right? So okay. the the like imagine you are just someone who has a lot of hate to to give. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The only consequences that you're going to face, the, like the worst thing that can happen is someone's going to delete your account. Yeah. And you just create another one. You can just create another email, create another account. There's thousands of names that you can use. Yeah. Okay. And because creating these accounts is so easy, like the, the consequences for being horrible online are basically none. Yeah. This begs the question. So then who is going to police, who is going to, to protect the people who are online, who are creating content. And it's not like, I mean, famous people cannot afford to just create a new account because, you know, they have follower bases. They have yeah. teams behind it. It's not like it's not like you can just go like, oh, I just create a new account and no one will bother me. But it's part of your job to, you know, be famous, be interesting. Like as a journalist, it's part of your job to communicate. As a, as a sports person, it's part of your job to be a role model. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is they just they're just the target of all all of this harassment from everyone who is for any reason, right? Like it they don't even have to disagree fundamentally with anything they say. They just want to say horrible things to them. Which comes to the unfortunate truth that moderating this this behavior is on the user, on the user on the that is receiving this hatred and this harassment, which is a very unfortunate truth. Um, so we at Moderate, we built something to help them do that. Basically, yeah. if, if, you, if you are a famous person, you can just log in, moderateapp.com. We'll scan all of your mentions on Twitter. And you can just, we'll suggest a whole bunch of people that you can just block. And it's, and it's, it's, it's easy, it's seamless, it takes a few moments, and it just happens. It's good. Okay. To take us back to, uh, you mentioned a couple of points at first building the early warning system yourself right. and Ali you're thinking about astro screen and there's a couple of different ways that you can do this with shared actions you mentioned nlp uh, how how do you actually look to address that problem as in can you help us understand that really early stage part of actually building the early warning system and what that looked like. Sure. So at first, it was basically, well, I guess these days everything's a dashboard, right? Um, yeah. So we've, we've, we, we, what we created is a dashboard. It works by, um, we allow the user to create a topic. Yeah. With that topic, we, we start consuming tweets matching like a query or maybe matching a few people. It's just like a very basic filter for, for Twitter. We consume um, all of the tweets that match that, and then we analyze them with different, um, with different machine learning models and with different algorithms that are not necessarily machine learning, like the shared actions one that I just yep. mentioned. And then, uh, so these, these models will have like a threshold Okay. Which would which go well, you know, if if this happens, you create an alert, and then an analyst, like a human person, can go and look at that, and they can they have basically what an alert is is a group of users that are suspicious, and they can then run okay. like a whole battery of tests against those users and go well, you know, maybe it's just 
people who like tennis a lot, it's it's fair. We we don't get it right every time. Yeah. But um, the bots and inauthentic behavior are relatively easy to target when yep. they are together. If you see okay. a single bot, you'll go like, well, it's just a person tweeting. If you see a yep. hundred of them that tweet the exact same thing at the exact same time, you're like, well, you know, the chances of that are unlikely, um, which is which is what we exploit. The 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 thing that uh, automat, out, automatized uh, accounts have to exploit is that they cannot have a human on the other side. And even yeah. if they have a human, like like that, there are you know like like I don't exactly know how to call them people farms, like like a bunch of people tweeting about like a topic and pushing a narrative and whatever. Yep. They will be organized somehow. It's, it's, if you look at them together and just run very basic, even plotting, you will see that, that they have like very coordinated behavior. Wow. Does that actually exist? People farms? I, I, I really don't want that term to be coined. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, like like there's you know there's a lot of talks about like uh, Russia having like a, a, an amount of people in like in like what you would call an office, and then they are, they're just tweeting about something, but but they have like an agenda, right? Like like a literal yeah. agenda, not 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 an ideological one, just like an agenda. Like you have to tweet about this. You have to they they get like the text. They get the topics. They get everything they need to do. But they're actual people with actual accounts in a computer. There's no, no bots, no automatization, no anything. And then maybe each of them will control five, ten, twenty accounts. Um, so you can with a with a few people, you can still create a very create a good noise. amount of volume. Yes, I'm, I'm thinking about Twitter. You can create quite a lot of noise if you then actually start searching maybe a couple of keywords in what people are actually trying to push, um, you can easily get involved in the conversation. Yes. That's, That's true. scary. And, and it's, it's until you actually consume a reasonable volume of this, which as a, as a regular user, you probably won't. Yeah. Um, you can't really tell just how big it is. Like, like we so so we we have like a demo right for for Bill Gates where we just consume mentions of Bill Gates, yeah. and it's just incredible what some of people, these people are saying and at what volume it's it's just so much, it's it's insane. Obviously, like me as a user, right? You know, I I, I use Twitter mostly mostly consu- as a consumer, right? I don't produce a yeah. lot of content, um, but I don't see that in my timeline. I don't see that in my websites. I don't. I am not exposed to that, but it's still there, and many people are exposed to that. It's like you, you kind of the, the moment you step like five centimeters out of your follower base and, and your your friends and so on, it just goes downhill very very fast. Yeah, the what really stood out for me was Social Dilemma on Netflix, right, and how how polarized uh, people um, can be by their timeline. Your timeline, 
is essentially who who you're following and the news that you'll consume. And that can be a very different world to the person next to you with the same internet access, following very different people because of the algorithms that or the models that I guess sit underneath Twitter, Instagram, whatever else. That was really scary how that was explained to me. I was literally none the wiser before. I didn't realize. Yeah, yes, exactly. And it, it, it's, and a large percentage of the users will never realize that, right? This, this takes like the, the, you need to pay attention. You need, you need someone to explain to you that everything you've read is tracked and that informs uh, what you get fed. So everything you do, you just get more of that. Which is, which is what, you know, that's basically machine learning, right? It's like any, anything that machine learning is very good at predicting everything that is already happening. But, well, let me just uh, have a little anecdote here. Um, when the social dilemma came out, we received so many applications yep. for, for our engineering roles. We've never seen that many, that many CVs of like really well-qualified people. Um, so that Did helped you? a lot with, with recruitment because everyone, like it was, you know, it was in everyone's mind. And then we, we were doing the opposite thing. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, we actually yep. watched the social dilemma, like a couple of days after it came out at the office, we had like a meeting, we all watched it. We, we had like a round table. It was very good. I, I can so see you there sitting opposite yeah. that screen. <laughs> like I told you, I told <laughs> you. I've been it for years. Yeah. The, I think like the, the, well, I mean, the main problem is that you don't notice, right? As a user, you don't yeah. see that you're being that, that you're being fed what you already like. Yeah. And the other thing is that you, it's not even what you like, it's what grabs your attention. Mm. And what grabs your attention gets polarized more and more and more because it grabs your attention, right? Like polarizing content yeah. grabs your attention and then you get fed more of that content because you've paid attention to it. And that's how that's how you get splits um, where, where people lose the center, right? Yeah. And you have like you know, the left and the right and tops and bottoms and everything's, everything's um, much more difficult because the less middle ground there is, the more unhappy everyone is later. Yeah. You uh, need the I don't middle know, ground. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want to be conservative about your answer here. That That's completely fine. Um, but what, why do you think social media companies haven't put the accountability back on the users just yet everyone's crying out for a photo identity attached to every single user or some form of it when signing up as an example why don't you think something like that a verification or authorization process has happened Remember, in your opinion, why don't you think it's right. happened? Or so I think, conservatively? I think it's difficult um, for social media companies to tread the balance between ease of use and, uh, you know, profitability and accountability, right? It's just so difficult. Uh, imagine, imagine, like, right now with, uh, we have, like, the perfect example with masks, right? People don't like to be forced 
people don't like to be followed. There was like such an outrage when the social dilemma came out and people were, you know, uh, understandably upset that yep. they had been tracked and that, you know, that everyone has their information and it's just so difficult. Um, now imagine if you actually ask them for a photo ID. Okay. Then you also have like the, the, the edge cases. But in this case, edge cases are very, very difficult. You, can you imagine like uh, whistleblowers, journalists, um, you know, people who need to remain anonymous? Mm. How, are you, how are you going to, to address that, right? Yeah. Okay. That's difficult. It's, 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 I mean, I, I don't envy social media companies' decisions. It's, it's, it's a place where there's no good decisions, I think. It's yeah. difficult. Uh, you're, you're going to lose um, somehow. And obviously, because there are no like, easy, easy choices to go, oh, clearly this is what we should do, right? There's no, no such thing in mm. this um, current ambience. Um, so the, the, what happens is we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing because you know, we're, we're still making money and we don't want to, to, to mess with that. Share prices at X. We don't want to see what it looks like at yeah. Y. Let's yeah. not take the risk. What's exactly? I, I don't think it's working. It. What's working? Let's just say is working. We're making money, but I think what stood out for me was you know the the football World Cup example. Uh, hmm. You know where you and I got back in touch together a couple of days after where. I think things were going crazy for you as well. That that's what really stood out to me as shit. This probably needs to change a lot. Yep, it's 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 very difficult. Like everyone, everyone who is angry has a direct line of contact with the person they're angry at, and yep. zero accountability. So, yep. um, as I said, Spot the on. unfortunate truth, uh, and I, I really like to emphasize the unfortunate bit is that the onus isn't the person who is receiving the abuse. Yeah. They, they need to do something to receive less of it. Um, yeah. We think this is one of the things that they can do, right? You know, besides, yeah. like, you know, you can always, like, just turn off the comments and just don't read your replies, but then you're off social media. You're just sending content there. and You lose that uh, connection. Yeah. That's sad so, because th there's, okay. there's a ton of good stuff as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, let's let's just understand your business model because you've gone from a bot classification model at right. the start. You realized actually there's a lot more to it and you went full yes. analysis on misinformation. Uh, help us understand that change, whether it was no, technically, no. whether it was business-minded, but help us understand that. Asdoskin was formed when I was doing research at uh, Telefonica in Barcelona for, for my PhD. I was publishing my, my last paper. And then me and Ali got together and I was like, well, I have a, a classifier for bots and I have also some analysis on why the previous ones weren't working properly. He's like, oh, that's super cool. We should, we should discuss it. Um, I think we can make a business out of that. Um, he's, he's, he's like the business person and I'm, I'm the, the technical guy. And then we started talking about it. We started talking about it. We started talking to investors. Um, and at some point before, before we actually got investment, he was like, you know what? We can, 
we can either have these as like an API where you you know you send a, a Twitter user ID and we tell you if it's a bot, yeah, which, which was fair, but that would just leave us as the middle guy of of companies that would be much more successful, right? Yeah. So we decided to just do, go to the next level, yeah. and then we built the dashboard and we built the analysis tools, and we built everything, yeah, and we built this 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 company that uses uh, both artificial intelligence and analysts and people to tell companies that go, well, you know, we think that this narrative, which is fake, is going yep. to affect you. Okay. We, we, we think this narrative about your company is not. So that's, that's like the, the path we took. After that, we realized that it's like, it's very difficult to convince companies that these narratives affect their bottom line, even though we still believe that. So we decided to build, well, who's the next person? Who's the next entity that's being affected yeah. by, by, you know, social media problem, problem behaviors? And it's just users, right? Like users are getting harassment, users are getting death threats, and so on. Help us understand, but I do want to talk about the, the complexity around some of what you're building technically. Okay, okay. that's, that's not, good. Not, <laughs> not just yet don't reveal your secrets either <laughs> but help us understand moderate and vaccinate and where they actually fit into this spectrum as well so while we were building the disinformation we built a whole bunch of um tools yeah that consume uh, you know consume twitter data or social media data and tell you things about it. In, in this case, the things where, you know, we believe that this is inauthentic behavior, but we also have a classifier for, like, toxic comments. Yeah. Or, uh, or you know, like, uh, bots. We have a classifier for um, anonymous users. Yeah. And we're like, well, we already have all these things built. Yeah. Who can use them, right? Yeah. Besides, you know, a, a big companies, which... It's, it, it's it's a hard sell for big companies, yeah. Because it's also an expensive thing to run, and to play. you know they're 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 actually complex machine learning models. So running them and consuming them, everything takes resources. So it's an expensive product. Who can use them too? We're like, well, people can use them. People yeah. get insults. People get horrible treatment. People people suffer in social media because they are uh, famous or. They, they create the content that we all enjoy. These are the people that suffer the most on social media because they are, you know, they are the target of the most people. Yeah. So we thought, well, we can, I, I'm, I'm sure there's like journalists and sports people and, uh, you know, CEOs, like basically anyone who is like a, a very active and, and followed social media users is probably getting this, this, uh, horrible content thrown at them by, by yeah. people voluntarily, right? So we decided to, to take some of those models out of, out of um, AstroScreen and put them in Moderate. So now what Moderate does is we have a racism classifier. So if, if someone spews horrible racist things at you, we yeah. can, we, you, can, you can just quickly go through all of them and block them quickly. We have a sexism classifier because, you know, Gamergate and all of these things that happened, which were very sexist. Yeah. 
we have uh, just general insults. We have okay. we 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 so when we when we moved the toxicity classifier, we realized that um, it wasn't the best because it would uh, be very sensitive to any amount of swearing. Yeah. Um, so we we improved that classifier so that you know casual swearing, which is very common anywhere in social media, would yeah. not be classified as toxic you have to be very insulting to to get over our toxicity classifier now okay. we have uh, we connected our our bot classifier to that because you know people get mentioned by bots and then you might want just to block them yeah okay. or or to like at least hide the replies so that people who consume your content don't have to receive that horrible content that is being thrown at you just because you're famous yeah. Okay. And vaccinate follows down the same route, but obviously, COVID times at the moment and exactly. inflammatory yeah. behavior around vaccinations. So, so vaccinate is how can we help? We we actually joined like a hackathon, which, okay. which gave gave birth to vaccinate. We're like, well, what what are we good at doing? And we you know we're good at creating NLP models with with Twitter data. We 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 churn it through Mechanical Turk, we classify it, we tinker with it, and we create really good natural language processing models. And then we're good at like consuming these data and parsing it and slicing it and putting them in very convincing um, dashboards and narratives and so on that, that explain what is happening, right? This, yeah. is, this is what we did at, at AstroScreen, and then what we did at Moderate. So how, how can we... This, this, this was a hackathon for... Um, to address vaccine hesitancy. So we're like, well, if we could find, like, what's what's the first step that you need to take to address the the vaccination problem, which is that people aren't getting vaccinated enough? Yeah. And well, you need to find them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, before you can do anything about this, you need to know who they are. You need to have a way to talk to them. So we created this classifier. We, we ran it through Mechanical Turk and so on. Yeah. Now we have we have a classifier that's able to tell if a tweet in particular, because you know you know natural language processing uh, algorithms are very sensitive to yeah. uh, jargon. So we trained yeah. it on Twitter data. We use it on Twitter, and um, it's it's able to tell if a tweet is pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. And we're we're working on a, on a vaccine hesitancy because we we feel or we think that um, because of the polarization that we've seen elsewhere, um, you can't convince people who are pro-vaccine to come anti, and you can't convince people who are anti to go pro. That okay. those those beliefs are set. Okay. But what the people that you need to reach is everyone on the fence, everyone who is in the middle. You need to go like well. The, the convincible people. Yeah. So we're we're trying to build like a classifier that will detect people who like you know people who have valid concerns, right? Like uh, I'm pregnant, can I take the vaccine? That's not yeah. that's not someone who doesn't want to get vaccinated. That's just someone who's scared and who might not have enough information to to answer that question, which yeah. is very particular of of their situation. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what we're building like like right now. Um, and and what we do is we 
we are able to give uh, should were you to run a Twitter campaign, we yep. can tell you who are people who are against vaccination in different states so that you can display an ad to them. And Twitter just allows you to put like, you know, a few thousand user IDs, which you can which you can uh, then target some advertising to. So okay. that's what we're doing. Nice. Okay. Uh, how how complex is it to actually build some of these classifiers and some of these models because they're probably scanning tweets at lightning speed. Uh, obviously, you've helped train them around flammatory behavior, wording, jargon, etc. Yep. And you can tweak them up on the toxicity part. So there's quite a lot of facets to some of these models. Uh, tell right. me about the complexity. Just take your time in simple terms. So basically, uh, I think the main issue with... So we use uh, Google Bird, which is... Well, it, it was state-of-the-art last year. Well, let's say it's still <laughs> state-of-the-art. Um, we use Google Bird, and... The, the the main problem we face is that Bert's too good. Okay. So it will, you know, when you when you build a machine learning classifier, what happens is you have like metrics like accuracy, precision, recall, and the area under the curve, which is what the classifier, what the algorithm's optimizing for. And all of this, regardless of what you throw at it, will be great. Okay. So then the real problem we we have and we and we we've, we've built solutions to address that is we test really thoroughly okay because like like the, for like the toxicity one so for example we trained the toxicity one on a data set that wasn't tweets okay so then when we put it on twitter and and someone says like any curse word even even words that are not um Consider you know uh, obscene like like crazy yeah. or liar. It yeah. just goes full full toxicity. I'm like, well, no. But but finding that needs a person. You can't. Yeah. You need you need a person. So what we do is we read a lot of these tweets. We actually classify like we manually annotate many of them. Besides like what we do in target, which we get volume from, we actually manually uh, many of our engineers. Uh, and every time it's like I feel like there's a bias for this for this word for this phrase, and information comes out of that, right? Like uh, um, insights of yeah. what the classifier is doing wrong. So we train a new classifier. We've we've probably trained thousands of classifiers because every time we find one of these things, we just update we update the data, we relabel some of it. And then we train a new classifier until that bias is gone. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. That's kind of oh, the complexity of it. And just moving aside, scanning tweets, it is is that generally quite a similar practice in most machine learning or research environments? Removing bias, lots of testing. I would say. Um, People who are very serious about these uh, models will do these kind of things. 
okay. we, we call it we call it bootstrapping because we, we take the results of the classifier and then label them manually so that the yep. classifier can learn from its mistakes. Um, but this is very expensive and time consuming. Okay. So um, if you if you get like a, a lone radio developer who has like machine learning skills, what they will do is they'll take a data and they'll just do the I don't want to say that bare minimum because that's what you get taught in school, right? Like I, yeah. I did, I did a master's in machine learning, and and that's what you that's what you get. You're like, well, you know, you take this amount of data, and then you save a little bit for testing, and save a little bit for validation, and you save a little bit for optimization, and then once once it's like at a reasonable uh, accuracy, and then and it it's kind of it works throughout your your whole data set, including these these sections that you purposefully didn't show the classifier. So this is like, like if it was new data. Yeah. Um, then it's done and it's just never done. Uh, what happens is uh, language changes, right? Like yeah. what was it? What's an insult now? Wasn't an insult a year ago. Wow. Okay. So that's yeah. like, it drifts. Like you, there's, there's many things that people can say to you now that aren't, that are considered, you know, offensive and an insult that weren't an insult last year. Yeah. So that changes. And the other thing is all of these little biases, because you, to, to do this perfectly, you would need an insane amount of labeled data. Okay. So, so to do this, just like the, the regular machine learning way, which is just you know, what, what I just explained, you need like millions and millions of labeled data. And obviously, as like small startups or lone ranger developers, you, got, you don't get access. You don't have access to that. Okay. Uh, and just educate me and some of the people listening. I'm not going to call it a machine learning engineer. Dare I say that for some people listening, but when engineering in a machine learning capacity, what springs to mind being the most, one of the most important factors for you or that you think about? The, the main factor that I would say is problematic is that you can make an algorithm better by throwing money at it. You have data, right? Like you have 100,000 data points. Yeah, you can make it better by getting another hundred thousand data points, which yep. will cost you, you know, a, a, an amount of money. You can make it better by putting it in a like a. You can make it faster. For example, we we yep. we did that. We we needed to get uh, a faster a faster response from the algorithm, so we just increase the GPU. You're like, well, now we're going to use five GPUs or ten GPUs or like a, yep. a, a Titan Pro, whatever, and then at, at like at some point you have to go, well, is it worth it to spend an extra thousand pounds on this yeah. a month, right? Yeah. Is it worth it? Like how much you, you get diminishing returns? Like how much more do I need? And, and that will depend on what you are doing. Yeah. I had, okay. I had, I, I have this, this, this cool story from a friend who for his thesis, he built this, um, Improvement on an algorithm, which made it, I don't know, like 1% better in accuracy, which is very, very small. Yeah. But it also made it like 100 times more expensive to run. And wow. it was crazy. Wow. Right? And he was, he was, sorry, he was very sad. He was very sad. And he went to his supervisor. He's like, 
this is this is worthless. How like who is going to need um you know who is going to pay a hundred times more to run an Fruit algorithm that is one percent? And he said, if you're drilling for oil. Okay. If you're doing anything that is incredibly expensive, you're willing to pay a hundred times more for one percent extra. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah, is fair. I, yeah, that is fair. I, I thought you were going to say maybe somewhere in the 90 percentile return on investment then, you know, at, also, at, that, also. Like, at, at that real high end where it might be 100 times more yeah. expensive, but the return on investment is going to be, I don't know, it's X either, rate. Either something, it's either something that is very expensive. Like if you have to test, if every test is very expensive, then you're, you can – you can have that um, extra cost, yeah. Because okay. because testing is super expensive, right? Like uh, you know, lunar landers. Like if if you were to have an algorithm that analyzes whether a lunar lander is going to crash, you would pay a hundred times more for that one percent. Yeah, true. So that so true. navigating navigating that as a company is very difficult because like we read we read, we read a lot of tweets. Um, yeah. No surprise there, <laughs> um, and we see you. You immediately see like you're like oh, like this one, this one, not quite, not quite as toxic, not quite as racist. Maybe there is some sarcasm. Maybe you're like, well, you know, yeah. And then to to remove that bias, it's not like you can just label that tweet and call it a day. It's a whole new process of training a new classifier and doing the bootstrapping yeah. and everything. You're like, well, is it worth it? Uh, and many times it is, and many times it isn't. So, so making those choices is difficult. Okay, that's an interesting concept. Just help us understand. Lastly, so technical environment. Google Bird is obviously um, a, a big use. I know that you've used AWS in the past, some services and components. Just, just paint that picture of what that technical capacity would look like down at Astro screen and, and maybe why you use some things. So we use something tried and tested, right? Like, or at least for our immediate backend, like not, not, not our machine learning, but like our, our regular backend, we use Django. Yeah. Django is tried and tested. It takes you out of a lot of trouble. It's, um, it, it, it's gotten big and a little clunky, but it's nice. And it's fast, yeah. and you can just you can just do a lot with it. Uh, and everyone knows how. Well, I mean, not everyone, but it's it's an it's a big tool that people people know how to use. For our for our front end, we 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 use React mostly. Yeah. Uh, and and if if we're building something that's just like fast fast, we, we'll just use like regular Bootstrap or whatever, just to to put it in Django, and then then we can make it pretty, and we yeah. can make it responsive, and we can make it nice with React. Yeah. Uh, and then we just take the take the, the Django bit and just uh, you you flip a few switches, and then it's an API. So <laughs> then React just connects. It's nice, right? It's it's a good it's a good development uh, nice. pipeline. For our, because I'm not sure this is going, this this is the best way to do it, but because of how we've evolved from AstroScreen, Moderate, and Vaccinate, and yeah. we've reused a lot of our services, what we do for AI is we 
we put things in Amazon SageMaker. Yeah. Then Amazon SageMaker allows you to very easily deploy an API. Like it's, it takes a few clicks. You can update it. You can do, you can store models. You can change them in, in like a, a couple of commands or, a, or a, a couple of clicks. Nice. And you can train them there. So, so, so what we do for training is we'll, we'll have our machine learning engineer, just to use the term, um, work on a notebook and we just, we just spin out an instance, which is super powerful, right? Like, yeah. but you need it for maybe an hour or maybe, maybe five, six hours. And then the model is yep. created and then you turn it off and you have, you yep. only pay for what you use. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's easy. It's, it's expensive. Um, if you, if you, it, it, it has, a, it comes at a premium, right? Which, yep. which is why the AWS is a great business. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it's worth it in development time, in ease of use. And then you can just take that model and you put it on an API through SageMaker itself. And you can just say like, oh, well, maybe like how much am I going to use it? Or let's say you have like a, a big batch of classifications because someone, someone gave you a data set that you have to classify now, not, not just like regular use. You can just take your model, put it in another yep. instance, make it, make it fast and expensive or, or put five of them and just classify everything in like 30 minutes yep. and be done with it and then turn the instance off. It's very nice, this, this uh, on-demand nice. classification. And we also have our, our models running on relatively smaller instances. We, you can even out, like automate the, the, sp- the spinning of new instances, but we haven't done that because we haven't needed it yet. Okay. All right. Good. In any of these areas for people listening that want to get involved in something that is extremely mission driven, I can't promise we're going to have any sort of impact like social dilemma. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any expectations, but are you looking for people in these areas at the moment or in the foreseeable future? We are going to be looking. Um, so so we, we are going to be looking relatively soon, like maybe in a couple of months, a month and a half, where, when we finish some, some um, paperwork. And then, um, so if, if you guys are interested, especially if you're interested in Vaccinate, which is our, our main focus right now with, yeah. with the resources that we have, uh, do get in touch. The the email is Juan J U A N at astroscreen.com or Juan at vaccinate. That's vaccinate with an X dot AI. And then we will we'll find we'll find something. If if you're if you're super good, we'll find something for you. Love it. Okay. Um, so anyone who's got an interest in machine learning classifiers working with bright people helping positively impact people that i guess the the people of social media but mental health for sure uh, and so many other facets that all of this harmful and inflammatory behavior causes then get in touch with our man juan you've obviously understood a little bit about tech stack and so forth lastly as a leaving message where do you think we'll see Astro Screen in the world of cleaning up social media 
let's just say next 15 months, end of next year, where, where do you see yourselves? I think we see a strong pivot towards vaccinate because of the state of things. Um, but I do also think that abuse and harassment just hatred in social media is going to continue being an important topic. And that as soon as people realize that if you just moderate, you can easily block a bunch of people that are horrible. Um, this, this, this is going to take off. Uh, it's going to be difficult for us to, to navigate. We want to do both of these things, but you know, limited resources and attention and everything. We'll have to focus on one of them eventually. Yeah. But as of right now, moderate works and vaccinate works. We do have the classifiers. We do have the tech stack. You can, you can consume them. You can try it at, at vaccinate.ai. You can try our classifier with, with like a regular text. And you can try moderate at moderateapp.com for free for now. Well, all of these links are going to be in this, the comments section below. So everyone check them out. Email addresses, links. Juan, I want to say a big thanks. Um, interesting journey that yourself, Ali, others have got going on. Hopefully you've caught the world at the right time where everyone seems to have finally woken up about this sort of stuff. And good luck. I wish you guys all the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and on, on behalf of the three founders, Ali, Mark and myself, We'd be happy to talk to you guys if you guys have questions or if you guys just want to get in touch. Good. Okay. Um, from everyone at Engineers, uh, it's it's always peace, love. Come and share, like, subscribe, comment on all of this stuff. And, and make sure you get in touch with the guys below or follow them. Check out what they're doing. Apply if you're interested. Apply if you're curious. And we're going to see you all soon with some more episodes. Thanks, Juan. Thank you very much, Elliot. It's been a pleasure. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, Massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing, and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.